6 and 7. Why are you doing it? I'm going to ask a very uh, selfish request. Say a prayer for my wife and I. This Sunday we'll be ministering in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, Pastor Jeremy Baines. Uh, it's actually where Mason goes. That's his home church. And uh, we talked about it a while back, and he put me on a schedule, and it'll be this week. So I'm going to go to the men's thing at 4 o'clock on my way up to Fort Wayne. And we get to spend the evening with Mason. And then Sunday we get to, to fellowship with the Baines in that great church in Fort Wayne. So say prayer for us over this weekend. I pray you guys have a Holy Ghost blowout Sunday. And uh, I love it when churches have revival. I am not one. I don't look at a church that says, I have three get baptized and get jealous because we didn't. I don't get mad when evangelist says, I preached a message and somebody got baptized, but I don't. I, mean, I, mean, I evangelize, I preach, and I teach, and I love it, and I want, I want a hundred-soul revival. And if a church down the street is, is saving people and they're getting the Holy Ghost and living for God, I'm going to celebrate with them. And it makes me put my hands to the plow and work because I know if God can do it for them, God can do it for us. And if God can bless him, God can bless us. So just pray for us. I pray that God will be a, that we can be a blessing to that church. So just remember us uh, and for that for this weekend. And pray you guys have a blessed uh, service as well. Uh, this week, um, I don't really know why he put this topic on me. Um, this week, I get to talk about attitude. So I think everybody's. This is going to be a short. short now, I told you I like to evangelize because I want to do the pastor's teaching because they get mad at the pastor. They don't get mad at the evangelist. So if everybody has a good attitude, we'll get through this really quickly. If you have a bad attitude, I have, uh, yeah, we're going to have a good night. I'm trying to have a good attitude. God bless you. Uh, Proverbs 23, verses 6 and 7, and I'll get you set down. And it says, Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, Neither desire thou his dainty meats. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. Now I know that y'all should be shouting right now. I don't understand it, be all dumb. But um, I just want to talk to you tonight about it, just, just about attitudes. And I kind of scribbled off the top of my, my little notes I, I gave to the media people. Attitudes. We all got them. So if you have an attitude, good or bad, let's just lay our Bibles down, lift up our hands, and ask God to bless us tonight. Can we do that? Lord, I love you. I praise you and lift you up. I ask the Lord to move and to touch us tonight. God, minister God through this teaching. God, I pray that you'll bless me. Allow me to be a vessel meet for the master's use, God, that I can speak your words to your church. God, I pray your people will receive it, God. Take it to heart. And God, through that tonight, God, that we, we grow in our walk with you and we we grow stronger in our walk with you, and we are blessed, God, to be in your presence. God, I love you. Praise, appreciate everything you do, and I thank you, Lord, for being our God. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. You can be seated. Attitude. Everybody's got them, good, bad, or otherwise. I looked up the meaning for attitude, and it says a settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something. Typically, one that is reflected in a person's behavior. Now, I know you can control how you talk, but some of us, and I said us, we need to control how our face looks. 
he's like he, yeah. All all comments need to be directed at Pastor Purdue, and he'll have a meeting directly after service. Just start getting in line now. We'll be good. This is a proverb that it tells us to be careful who, and he's using the proverb of eating with, sitting down at someone's table with, and, and eating their food because there are some that, that say that when we get full, we have a tendency of, of kind of becoming dim in our thoughts. How many of us have overeaten to the point that you almost can't think straight? That, that is, and I know this is, this is proverb. This is a, a teaching moment is what this is. But he says that, you know, if you, you sit down at someone's table and they, they start feeding you food, that if you're not careful, you get so full and, and you get drowsy, you kind of get tired. And what happens is, that, and they've even done studies about this, that when you're not, your mind is not sharp, you become susceptible to what they think. You can, you can they'll talk you into something or out of something if you're not careful. And it's in, it, when you're tired. You've had a long day. You work 10, 12, or you get like two hours of sleep at night. You, you just get tired. You're not, your mind is not very strong. And, and what happens is, is you, can be, you become susceptible or you're just not all there. So when somebody starts to talk or starts to say stuff, it can affect you. And what would happen before is you could stop them. You could say, no, I'm, I don't believe in that or I don't understand that or I'm not doing that. You, you might have a tendency of agreeing with them. But what happens is it says that we better be careful not to eat the bread of him that have an evil eye, neither desire the, his dainty meats, his, his meats, his, his, it's talking about or like hors d'oeuvres or something. Because if we are not careful, we can be influenced by those that have a different opinion or beliefs. It is all in our attitude. It's all in their attitude. Because everybody, you have an attitude about everything. You have an attitude about where to eat, where not to eat. You have an attitude about what store you go to. You have an attitude about what street you drive down, what car you drive. You have an, it's, you, an attitude is a thought process. It's, it's I either like it, you have a good attitude. If you don't like it, you have a bad attitude. But what it does is if we are not careful that we allow the attitude to affect our emotions and affect our behavior. If we are not careful, we can have a disagreement and, be, and this, is, this is where the society is right now. If you do not pay attention to the news, you need to pay attention to the news. I, I'm an old man. I listen to news radio all day, every day. I don't li- unless I'm in the car with my wife, I don't listen to music. I listen to talk radio. I know. I'm awesome. But what has happened is over the, for the last several years is everybody says, if you don't agree with me, you're wrong. Instead of saying, I believe my way, you believe your way, let's go have lunch and talk about what we do agree with. And I can start getting into the social aspects of this because, you know, if I believe in a man and a woman. That is it. Everything else is wrong. But if you're sitting here tonight and you believe that there's 17 or 25 different genders, God bless you. But society says that if somebody doesn't agree with you, they're wrong in every, every other way in life, and that you need, to, you need to basically bring up an attitude and hate these people. 
And society has been going through this for years. If someone is different, you don't need to, you don't need to get along with them. You don't need to close the gap between you two. You need to hate them. And what that is, that is an attitude that they've allowed to get into their mind and into their spirit that says, we're different, I hate you. We go through this today. We go through this as Christians. We go through this, and, and, and we go through this, and I'm going to say the color of our skin. We go through it. it and I, I know it's 2024. It's still out there. Is it right? No. We go through it if you're ugly, if you're pretty, if you're fat, if you're skinny. But they've gotten to the point that the attitude is controlling our behaviors and it's controlling our lifestyles. And what we have to do is we have to be careful because what this world is doing, and in this little proverb it tells us, be careful and do not, do not have bread. Do not fellowship with somebody that has an evil eye, uh, neither desire his meat because in his heart what he thinketh, that's who he is. So when what's going on is society is sitting down at the table and these men and women of hate is saying, let me feed you just a little bit more. You, you don't have an attitude against them, why not? You need to have an attitude against them because they're different than you are. You, and this to the point is you need to have an attitude against pastor because ta- pastor won't go out and do everything that you guys do. Well, preacher doesn't, preacher doesn't eat the restaurants I, eat, I like to go. I, preacher doesn't go to the stores I go to, so I don't even like him anymore. I know we don't like pastor for other reasons, but we love pastor. No. But what is happening is, is the world is get, being fed in their ears and in their eyes so many corruption, so much chaos. And I'm not here to debate on whether you believe in it or not. That's up to you and God and, and, and your house. But what it's doing is causing discord. Because we are allowing our attitude to overtake our beliefs, to overtake our behavior. And we've got to, we've got to be careful. And we have to be careful because in the 6 and 7 says, do not eat with, you know, if he has any of an eye. What he thinketh in his heart, so is he. What he talks about, what he, what's in your heart is what you, get, what you love. I love looking at cars. I have no idea anything about cars. They have engines and tires. I work with a guy. He'll break down every piece that's in a car to the little spark plugs and the wires, and then they do this and that and something else, and the car goes. I put gas in my car. I barely could do that right. I put gas in my car, and it goes. But I love going to car shows. We're different. I can't watch car garage and these guys break down engines all day long like he does. I can't do it. But we just have to, we hits in his heart. He loves it. If he could, he would have a garage and he'd be, he'd, you know, he'd be a mechanic. But he, he just can't. He doesn't have the finances but because it's in his heart. What's in your heart is who you are. So if you're out sowing discord and you're the ones that's nudging these people, hey, you need to not like them because they're different. What's in your heart is affected not only you, it's affected the person you're talking to. While, the, while preachers get up and pastors and, and hopefully leadership is getting up saying, hey, we need to come together in one mind and one accord. And it doesn't matter race, creed, color, whatever it is. We got to come together and at least be respectful to people. 
There's people that says, hey, Destiny. That other girl named Destiny. Uh-uh. You don't need to like her. She stole your name. If I was you, if I was you, I'd go kick her in the kneecaps and give her my name back. I mean, I wouldn't do that. That's what you needed. What am I doing? I'm sowing discord. Why? Because it's somewhere in my heart. I got some issues. And we've got to get that under control. I like Destiny, by the way. Don't, don't get me wrong. She's a good girl. I like both of them. But we have to get, we have to get into our mind that sometimes when somebody gets around us and tries to force their attitude and behaviors onto us, that we stop it. We've got to get it to stop. Because in 6 and 7, it tells us don't eat with them, that they're what's in their heart, they're, they're hateful, they're unkind. But it tells us in Proverbs 23 and 10, remove not the old landmarks and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. What are you saying? And these, and these are spiritual matters. I love, I, I love other denominations. I have friends that don't, they're not apostolic. Okay, I do. But I don't let them set down and influence me in my walk. I try to influence them. I know what the word of God says. So I've got to be careful and this is where the Proverbs was really talking about. I've got to be careful that I don't hang out with them so much that I allow them to feed me to the point that I start removing some things. I have friends that believe as long as you go to church, you're saved. Speaking in tongues is just gibberish nonsense. I don't even know why you do it. I don't know why you dress up. I don't know, this, this going, uh-uh. I come in, I sit down, and I leave. This is the temple of God. God's with me. I ain't even got to go to church. If we're not careful, we allow that behavior to fall upon us. And if we're not careful, we'll allow that influence to get to us. It's all about our attitude because our attitude is what drives us. If you have a good attitude towards somebody, you hang out with that person. If you have a bad attitude towards somebody, you don't want to be around them. You go to the person you like and you badmouth that person because it influences you. Why are all the ladies shaking their head? No, I don't see none of the guys doing it. <laughs> Whew, that's dirt. That was dangerous. But we need, to, we need to understand that we have to keep our attitude, our behaviors in check. We can have differences. We can be different. We don't have to all like the same place. We don't all. We don't even have to like the same songs. I, was, I made a comment to brother brother Thomas before you know during service. I remember the days that if they, the praise team didn't didn't sing the right song, there were some people they'd get up and walk out. That's if you're lucky. If you want lucky, they'd say they make a very loud comment sitting in the back of the church. Why are they singing this song? We're not live, are we? I am? All right. Woo! Well, we're going to get some good stories then. But we need to understand that our attitude affects us. When you come in and you have a bad attitude, it, it, it affects everybody around you. Mamas get mad. 
Was a happy mom, you know, happy wife, happy life, happy mom, happy home, whatever that stuff is. Guess what? A mom ain't happy. Ain't nobody happy. I got the church back. They love me now. Why? I come home. I could have a bad day at work. I'm going to talk about me. I ain't going to talk about my wife. I have a bad day at work. My wife has absolutely nothing to do with it. I hadn't talked to her, texted her, nothing all day long. I come in with a bad attitude. Guess what? It affects my, that for that little moment, it affects mine and her relationship. And then she gets a bad attitude towards me, and she's over there huffing and puffing, and I'm over here huffing and puffing. We ain't mad at each other, or she's mad at me. I'm not mad at her. But we must, we, see, everybody's understanding now. You, don't th- you may not think about it at that moment, but our attitudes affect our everyday life. Because somebody walks in these doors, they've had the best day ever. They got a, a big fat raise and they got some great news. They want to do cartwheels coming down the aisle. And what are they doing? They're laughing. They're, they're shaking hands and they're just having a great day. And somebody comes in, they had a flat tire. Their boss yelled at them and it just kind of kills it. It's your attitude. We just can't allow our attitude, our attitudes to become a part of us. Yes, you can have a bad day. The Bible says to, to anger and sin not. Anger is an attitude. You can have a bad day. You can have a bad moment. You can stub your toe. You just can't let that stub toe control your life because then you get to the point where you become a grumpy old man like me. There's my brother right over there. I was waiting for that one. But our attitude is very, and, and it's something that we don't even really catch. Or sometimes I'll say something, and I, and I know this is very funny, but I, I, I have a resting grump face. I can, I can be thinking about nothing at all, and my wife will ask me what's wrong. I'll make a statement. Out of, I'll, just, I'll make a statement. What's wrong with you? It's like, what do you mean? Well, the way you said that, you sounded mad. Like, I don't know how I said it. Well, the look on your face when you said it, you sound like you look like you're mad. No, no, no. I'm glad that I breathe involuntary because if I had to think about breathing, I would forget and probably pass out. Okay? But I just have that. It's, it's just part of who I am. I can. But I just. Thank you. But, we, but seriously, and I know we're having a good time tonight. I'm feeling good tonight. But we need to, we need to get. Just, just to understand that our attitude can affect us. So when you have a bad day, try not to take it out on your spouse or your kids. Kids, don't take it out on your parents. Don't take it out on your, on your siblings. Okay, I just lost the church. Because it's all, a, it's all an attitude issue, but the attitude becomes a heart issue. When we allow the attitude to hang in there and we allow the attitude to hang up on us, it then becomes a heart issue. And when it comes, it becomes a heart issue, it becomes serious. And I'm going to say this, it's going to be pretty bold. Your attitude can become a heaven or hell issue. Your attitude can become a heaven or hell issue. Well, this is just how I am. Guess what? Jesus don't like that. You better change the attitude because he's not going to spend eternity with you having that attitude. 
And don't think just because Jesus loves you, he's got to like your attitude. So when you allow your attitude to get into your heart and become who you are, and then you should just, you, and, and it, it's rarely ever the good attitude. It's always the bad attitude. Because in, Mark, in, in, in Matthew 15, 17 through 20, this is Jesus speaking to the disciples. And he says, Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out in drought. Whatever you eat goes in the mouth, comes out. But those things which proceeded out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornicators, thieves, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defileth man, but to eat with unwashing hands defileth not the man. Now, I, had, I, actually, I actually had to talk to my son about this last night because verse 20 kind of caught me. Those things which defileth the man. What comes out of your heart? Evil thoughts. Evil proceeds out of your heart. That's why we should not follow our heart all the time. If, if, you, if you have another way, don't act when you're emotional. When you act out of emotions, you tend to have a bad result. And that is anger and joy. Okay? To you young people, just because some hot dude comes walking in the door, don't walk up to him all flutters in your, in your belly going, I love you. That's emotion. Okay? I'm not a big love you guy, so listen. Don't. You're acting on emotion. Think about it. But if you stub your toe, don't start throwing punches because you kicked the coffee table. That's emotion. We've got to think about these things because we have to understand that what comes out of our mouth comes from our heart. So if you do come in with a bad attitude and you're, well, pastor should wear that ugly tie and I really wish they had to praise him. We should have, uh, that's a nice tie. Don't worry. I'm just, oh, that praise him. But they sang that song. I just don't like that song. I really wish they'd have sang, I'll fly away instead of this new song. And I don't know why that, that, that one little lady, she stands up there in the same spot every Sunday and she claps and she, I can't see the board. And Man, that guy's preaching too long. God, I really, I'm hungry. He just really, man, I hope they, I hope, oh, not him again. We need to understand if it's coming out of your mouth, it's in your heart. And if it's in that moment, guess what? You've got something wrong in your heart. Especially when you come into the house of God, if the only thing you can do is gripe and complain, this is from Brother Danny, not Pastor. FYI, public service about, in my opinion, if you're going to come in here whining, gripe, and complain about everything, you might as well walk back out to your car. Because the goal of the church is to come together to give God glory. And because Sister Shandra sang a song that you don't know or don't like, that shouldn't interfere you worshiping God. 
If them young people are taking up too much space on the altar, guess what? There's another side of the church you can come up to the altar. Don't let that be your excuse not to come to an altar. Well, there's too many people. Guess what? You just add to the numbers. But when you come in with a bad attitude, you can hear the greatest song ever. You can listen to the greatest message preached. You can have the greatest move of God. And if you're sitting at your pew, whether it's in the back row or the front row, and you have a bad attitude about something, it becomes a bad attitude about everything, you miss out on what God has for you. I learned a long time ago in my preaching when I, was, when I first started evangelizing, I would, I, I'd get a message and I would, man, I hope, I hope brother so-and-so's there. He needs to hear this. I hope sister so-and-so's here. This is her word. And I would get up to preach, and I would scan the room, and they were not there. And I would be defeated before I ever started preaching. I'd preach it, but I'd get like, man, it was horrible. They weren't there. Why weren't they there? And God spoke to me after a few years of struggling like this. He said, when I give you a word, it's for somebody in the church. Then I stopped worrying about if Brother Bob or Bill or George was going to be there. And I stopped worrying if Sister Sally or Susie was going to be there because if I was preaching to 50 or 5, I knew when God gave me a word, it was for somebody in the church. Do you come into church with the attitude, God, I know you have something for me. I'm going to receive it. Or do you come in with the attitude, it's cold outside. I don't want to be here. I'm tired. I was up late. My dress don't fit right. My suit's too tight. It, it hinders us. And what happens is, in Matthew 15, 7 through 11, this is just before Jesus starts speaking, he starts talking to the, to the Pharisees and, and to the group that is around him. And he says, ye hypocrites, well did Esaias prophesy to you, saying, this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, but in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines and commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth, goeth into the mouth to defileth the man, but that which cometh out of the mouth defileth the man. What was going on here was the Pharisees was teaching them that traditions is how you glorified God. That a man or a, a anybody, man or woman, before you eat, you had to wash your hands. If you ate with dirty hands, you defiled your body and you, you dishonored God. But what Jesus is saying is it, has, it doesn't matter if you're clean or dirty. If you're wearing your Sunday best or an ugly green tie, it's what's in your heart. We can look primp and proper all we want. We can look apostolic to the days long. Ladies, you can wear a dress that drags the ground in your sleeves that go past your fingernails, but if you've got a bad attitude, you're defiling yourself to God. I don't care if you're wearing a sweater, if you're wearing a dress, if you're wearing a top and a dress. I don't care. You could be wearing, honest to God, you could be wearing sweatpants. If you, you come in with the right attitude towards you and God, God will bless you. So we, we, have to worry, we have to worry more about our attitude or towards God than how we look. Yes, yes, men dress like men. Women dress like women. 
Okay? I'm not going to go any further than that. That's Bible. But just because your, your skirt doesn't drag the ground doesn't, doesn't mean you're defiling you with yourself with God. It's the attitude. It's, it's what's in your heart, not what's covering your heart. It's not if you're wearing blue or if you're wearing white after Labor Day. God doesn't care about none of that stuff. I don't even know if that's still a thing. It's all within our hearts. And he was saying, you're hypocrites. If you think just because I'm wearing my suit and tie that I'm right with God. Because if I'm full of rage and I'm full of hatred and I'm full of discord, it doesn't matter how sniffy, spiffy I look. It doesn't matter how well I talk. And if I can thee, thou, throw thumbs like the King James Bible and I can quote you every scripture in the Bible, it doesn't matter about that. If I have hatred in my heart and my attitude is bad towards myself, somebody else, or towards God, I am not in a good place. So we have to keep our attitudes in check. You don't have to smile if you crack your toe. You can get mad. You ain't have to agree with everybody. I doubt I agree with a lot of you in here about some issues. Guess what? Pepsi's nasty. I know we're about to fight over that one. Okay, I'll drink Coke, but give me Dr. Pepper all day long. Okay? We can have different opinions without affecting our attitudes, but we must understand that when we allow our attitudes to get into our hearts, it becomes an issue. And I'm sorry. You may have been a faithful saint to God for 50, 60, 70 years, and if your, your attitude has gotten into your heart and you're full of hatred, I, I'm so bold to say you're probably not making heaven. You may have the world's greatest wardrobe and you've got the hair bun hair and everything, old school apostolic style with the, with the oak bucket in the, underneath of it. Check it out. Ask the elders. Ask the elders. Hire the hair closer to God. But if we, if we look on the outside, if we're pretty on the outside and ugly on the inside, we're ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Our attitude does affect our end. I will end with this. It's 7.55. I've got a few more minutes. There's a story in the book of Numbers, 7 through 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thy rod and gather Thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod before the Lord as he's commanded him. This is the second time Moses, God tells Moses to pull water out of the rock. The first time he tells Moses to spite the rock, Take your rod, Aaron, and I want you to smack that rod. Water will come forth. It's a miracle. Aaron, draw, or Aaron and, and Moses draws everybody around, smacks the It's a rock and a stick. I don't know how he got water out of it, but he did it. That's why he's God and we're not. Smacks it. So this is the second time that the, the murmuring of the people, the congregation, the, the children of Israel, they're saying we ha we're in the desert. We need water. Our cattle, our, our flocks are dying off. We need water. There's no lakes, there's no rivers, there's no, 
There's nothing around to, to give our flocks. and we're, They're dehydrating. They're dying off. We need it. And God says, Moses, I want you to take your rod and you and Aaron go over to this stone and I want you to, to raise your hands and I want you to speak to the rock and the rock's going to bring forth water. That's even a greater miracle. You can crack a rock and maybe, just maybe, there's a, a little water underneath of it. You crack it open, it comes out. But just speaking to it is even a greater miracle. So Moses took the rod before the Lord and he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock and he said to them, Hear now, ye rebels. That's a loving thought. How would you like for Brother Purdue to come up to start preaching on Sunday and say, You heathens and hypocrites, praise God. Now I don't know about you, but I'm not going to jump and shout and run the aisles off of that. <laughs> there's, there's an attitude. That's an attitude. He's mad. Here now, you rebels, must we fetch water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. It's disobedience. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also. The people were not, were not uh, abused. The, the people were not hindered. God blessed the people. God, God didn't say, well, Moses, you made a mistake. You messed up. Because of that, I'm going to make your people suffer. They got what they wanted. But because Moses and Aaron allowed their attitude to overtake them. The Lord spake unto Moses in there, and because ye believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. The whole goal, when God spoke to Moses with a fiery bush, was to say, Moses, I want you and, and you can take your brother and you're going to deliver my people out of bondage to the land of milk flowing with milk and honey. I mean, you're going to lead my people to the land of Canaan where you're going to live and thrive and, and it's going to be the perfect life. Heaven on earth. Moses, you and Aaron are the ones. But because of their attitude, they allowed the attitude to get into their heart. There was anger, frustration, God said, because of this, you will not enter into the land that I have given them. And if you go down, which I did not, I did not put them in, just a few scriptures down in the Numbers chapter 20, you will find that Aaron and Moses went up into the mountain. They took off Aaron's priestly garments, gave it to his son, and Aaron died right then and there. On the spot, moments after this, Aaron died. That's horrible. But to me, Moses had it even worse. If you go to Deuteronomy 34, 1 through 5, listen, your today will affect your tomorrow. Your even tonight, your attitude tonight can affect your attitude tomorrow and can affect the rest of your life. Because Deuteronomy 34, this was not the same, this was not the same day. This was not the next, the next day. This was down the road. Moses had to live knowing he's not going to make it into the promised land. Deuteronomy 34, 1 through 5. And Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mount of Nebo, the top of Pisgrah, Pis, Pis, I think. 
and that over against Jericho. And the Lord showed him all of the land of Gilead unto Dan, in the valley, in the land of Ephraim, in Manasseh, and all the land of Judah, unto the utmost sea, and to from the south to the plains of the valley of Jericho and the city of palm trees, unto Zoar. And the Lord saying to him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over thither. Could you imagine praying for a blessing? Praying for a revival? And everybody's getting blessed but you? That's what it was. Because, hey, because Moses turned around and there was a sea of people that was getting ready to cross over to the other line. Was going to make their final destination. Was going to go where they were supposed to go. But because Moses allowed his attitude to get the better of him. He got to see the blessings of God. But didn't get to enjoy the blessings of God. So you can sit in your seat, whine and cry, pout and shout about the music or the preaching or the being too loud or the lights are too low or the music's too much. You sit back there and whine and cry, Moses. The people of Israel are going to stand up here and get the blessing they will need from God that day. Set back her all you want and whine and cry. Go, go out into the foyer and get on your phone, do whatever you want to do. Because the children of God said, I need God. And when you come in here on Sunday, they come in expecting a move of God and to be blessed by God and to be touched by God. And they're not going to let no nasty attitude stop them. First five, so Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab according to the word of the Lord. I, I, I don't want to die at the doorway. Well, that'll preach. Preach that next Sunday. I'll be gone. I don't want to die at the doorway, my blessing, because I've allowed my attitude. We've had a stressful few weeks in my house. We've remodeled the house. Oldest son got married. That was, that was stressful. Him and his wife are living with us. That's stressful. Work six, eight hours a day, go home, get in my crawl space for hours at a time, trying to run new plumbing and until 10, 11 o'clock at night. My wife had to stop me because my attitude's bad. I work on stuff. She walks away. We got a good, we got a good routine. 10 o'clock at night, she's like, you're done. I got to go. Nope, you're done. Go take a shower and I'm going to feed you. Nope, we're done. Get out of here. But I couldn't imagine pastor just setting up here Seeing everybody be blessed. And that knowing that attitude costs me my blessing. Your attitude, absolutely. I was just saying about this. What if you what if you have a visitor when you're having a bad day? And you come in and they come in and maybe they're not dressed the way you think they need to be dressed. Maybe their kids are acting up. They you're in church, you need to be acting right. You don't need to bring a Coke bottle in here. Don't you know this is church and we only allow water bottles? Guess what? You just lost somebody. Close, close friend of the family, been friends of the family for 50, 60 years. He worked three years to get a young lady to come to church. She came in in a dress suit, 
very nice. He didn't, you know, but walking out, loved the service, felt God. Little old lady in the church said, I, we loved having you, but next time you come in, you need to wear a dress. Guess who never went back to church? Was that old lady? I don't know. I don't. I'm here in the second hand. I believe the story because I know the people. But it's an attitude that's gotten into the heart. And if that lady would have lived, would have went to that church 20 years in those dress pants, she was, she was, got to work on her heart. But there, God never had a chance to work on her heart because of an attitude. Proverbs 16, 17 through 19, if we'll all stand. Five after eight, I did good tonight. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. Pride both for destruction and a haughty spirit for a fall. Better is it to be, be of an humble spirit with the lowly than divide the spoils with the proud. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. We must understand we have to be humble. We have to be stand, we have to stand strong. Sometimes you need to be corrected and your attitude get put into check. We're not up here to condemn you. We're not up here to chastise you. But if anybody gets up here talking about a bad attitude and you get offended about it, you've got the bad attitude, we're trying to get you in check because I don't want you having a Moses life. Because we will get to the point that my attitude is the only attitude. My attitude is right and I'm not wrong. That's where the grumpy old man comes in. You can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me that. I'm right, you're wrong. But guess what? Pride. Put that back up there. Pride cometh before destruction. And a haughty spirit comes forth. That haughty means you think you're right. You can't be corrected. My way's right, your way's wrong. So if you walk up and say, Brother Hampshire, you just had a nasty attitude towards Sister Brandy, what's going on? Nuh-uh, I treat her the way I want to treat her. I'm right, you're wrong, get out of my face. I'm going to get back in there for that one. Nowhere does it talk about having a bad attitude where you're going to live right. You're never going to have a bad attitude and get anywhere positive in life. You're going to alienate your friends and family. You're going to alienate everybody around you. Nobody wants going to be around you. And once again, God doesn't want to be around it. So stay humble. Keep your attitude in check. If you're mad at somebody, be grown up to go talk to them. Young people, don't get on Facebook and I can't believe this person, that person. Call them, text them, do it. Be responsible. Those talks ain't fun, but you got to have them. And it will keep your attitude in check. I would rather fight with you today and be friends with you tomorrow than have an attitude towards you and lose a friendship, lose a relationship, and more importantly, lose my relationship with God. Because if we are not careful, our attitude will cause us to miss out on what God has for us. Can we lift up our hands and just say, God, help my attitude tonight. God, help me, Lord.
As I go through this life and this world and everything rages up against me, God, even in the moments that of anger and frustrations and doubts and fears, God, I, I pray that I can, I can be strong enough to keep my attitude in check, God, and that I don't fall by the wayside and I don't get into the, the, the life of Moses and I'm struggling, God, and, and I see your blessings, but I can't have anything to do with it, God, and, and I allow this world to influence me, God. Help me, God, to understand, God, that you are in control, God, and even in my darkest days, God, I put my trust in you, God. And even when I'm having an attitude, God, I pray that you will help me overcome it, God, that we live in the will of you, Lord, and not of this world, God. Help us, God, strengthen our relationship with our friends and our family, or our church, God, and more importantly with you, God. And I rebuke every attitude that is trying to rise up against the church and every behavior and every mindset that is coming against the church to stop revival, God, in every one of our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. I pray you guys.